0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show.
1: Well, you can hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dollar and start playing.
0: The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Brew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Molitor Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris.
2: Happy Sunday morning and uh, welcome to our gathering. Jack Morris is here. Paul Molitor is here. I'm Chris Atterbury. It is the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer Made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. A couple of legends sitting here and uh, I guess the question is, the big question today is, does Nick Martinez throw a complete game or does Jose Barrios throw a complete game? Both of them, maybe. I mean, what was the back time, last time we sat here talking about seeing nine innings from a starter in consecutive nights? That doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. It's not
1: the way the game is any <laughs> anymore. You're right about that. I think to see a couple back-to-backs, even if it's for one side and then the other, it's still kind of a rarity in today's games. I, I don't even know the number of complete games in the league, uh, but it's not very high. You know, Jack knows from our era. Uh, think back to some of the people that were able to complete games, and even before us. I mean, that was much more the norm. Um, I think back to the Oakland squad and. Uh, when Billy Martin was managing and they they milked through that rotation for complete game after complete game for a couple of seasons but you know uh, Hamill's obviously in control throughout last night and Bartolo's one was certainly not very predictable especially the way that game started but uh it was fun to watch that that was a special night to see him go out there and find a way to get through nine
3: innings we were talking about Bartolo and uh you know, at the ripe old age of 44, in Nolan Ryan's category, and yet he was able to do it. And I told Chris, I said, you know, any way you cut it, that's that's an impressive thing to be able to do. You've got to give him credit for it. I
1: there's no there's no doubt about that, Jack. Uh, you know, he's been really enjoyable to have around. I think he, in his own way, has provided leadership not only for some of our pitchers, but some of our other younger players. Uh, You see him kind of mingling around and having conversations one-on-one and maybe small groups. The guys kind of rally around him. I think that was one of the more enjoyable walk-off the field moments after a win for us this year just to see everybody's excitement about him being able to get through that game, particularly finishing off the way he did in the ninth inning.
2: Yeah, And it always brings up the conversation, you know, what can Jose Barrios learn from Bartolo Colon and what – what can you know, younger guys look, learn by watching him make it look easy? And I guess I would ask you guys. It's such a hard game, and at a certain point there are players who make it look easier. Can you learn, or do you have to learn some of those things for yourself and, and, and take your own lumps to figure it out?
1: Well, you know, you're not going to try to clone yourself after anybody. Everyone has their own unique uh, wiring system and how they go about competing. Uh, it's kind of a v- vanilla answer, but, you know, when you watch Irvin and you watch Bartolo um, at any, you know, captured moment throughout the course of an outing, you know, they they look the same. Right? They, they might be face facing a base loaded, loaded situation early in the game, or they might be on their 100th pitch or on their 10th pitch, and they kind of have that same look. You know, they just kind of focus on what they have to do and that next pitch that's forthcoming and, and they find a way to navigate themselves through games and situations by just having that type of mentality and I think that's the one thing that you hope gets passed on, these guys that they can slow it down when things speed up which they obviously do from time to time and find a way to trust yourself and, and just keep trying to you know, break the game down into pitch by pitch moments.
3: I think it's an individual thing quite honestly Chris, uh, you know when it clicks and why it clicks is an individual thing. For me, uh, even though I had a lot of success before uh, Doyle Alexander became my teammate, he made a drastic impact in my approach uh, as a teammate because he sat me down and aired me out about things that were important to him. He said, you waste way too many pitches. He said, I wish I had your arm. I said, because you are just a fool of the way you pitch. And he told me about the importance of strike one and trying to get quick outs and all that. And this is before the pitch count era. You know, sure. this is this is at a time where it just you know why are you doing the things you do? And if I could relate that to today's game, and you know guys like Gibson and and Barrios who are young, uh, you know watching Irvin and Bartolo and getting through the you know night and day difference between Cologne's complete game and pitch count between Kyle's performance yesterday. So those are things you can observe, but it really sometimes takes somebody that cares enough to set you down, look you right in the eye, and say, think about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's really valid, and I do think it's individualistic of how these guys are going to absorb and sponge from some of these veteran guys. But the concept of – our younger guys and pitches that they waste along the way mm-hmm. that really have no purpose, right. um, and they add up. And that's why we see our pitch counts being an issue for some of our younger guys.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting stuff. And we'll continue this threaded conversation and tackle some other topics as well when we continue to take that first break here. It is the Paul Molitor Show. Pleased to have you with us on a Sunday here from our network headquarters at Target Field right here at your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. It's brought to you by Killer Rupier, Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made. Paul Molitor, our guest in Studio Twins, will try to have a series and win a season series from Texas today behind Jose Barrios, who was very good uh, in his last outing. And uh, let's just uh, get to the logistics of today, Paul. Uh, first of all, Miguel Sano's status is obviously uh, quite important. He's a major fixture in your lineup. Took one off the hand. Uh, it's early still, but your thoughts on his availabilities?
1: I didn't see him this morning when I came in before I, you know, came down here to record. He uh, most likely is not available to start. I'm hoping there's enough progress there where he will get in the cage and maybe try to take some light swings to see where he's at. And we'll have to gauge it. But, uh, you know, he's taken a couple pretty good shots on that left hand. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that it's even if you're willing, it's a little tough to try to find your way into the lineup because you have so much discomfort that you're going to protect your swing and therefore not be as effective. So we're going to try to get that right before we get him back in there.
3: Paul, from a hitter's perspective, uh, I'm sure you've been plunked on all parts of your body. i got to believe the hands, the wrist, that area is probably as sensitive as anything else because you've got to be able to squeeze the bat. And, you know, you were a guy with strong forearms, strong yeah. hands. You generate a lot of bat speed from that.
1: Uh, obviously there's – a lot of places that you can get hit that will, you know, not will prevent you from being able to play, but the hands are critical to what you do. I, I always thought that in training, you know, hands, wrists, forearms were the most important part of things of, of your body to keep strong throughout the year. And that's where your maintenance comes in. But when you're, you're dealing with significant bruising and swelling in your hands and you can't get that good feel of the bat, chances are you're not going to be able to swing very effectively.
2: We'll get back to Brias in a bit, but sticking with your lineup, uh, Polanco, real nice play to trigger a double play yesterday, hit the ball hard, hit the ball the other way. Uh, He's had some uh, tough time of it of late. Uh, How important is it, not just for him and for the immediacy of today's game, tomorrow's game, but to figure out truly what Jorge is and can be for you, to, to get him in some sort of a rhythm where, where he's in the lineup. Well, we're, right? we're
1: trying to find that out about, you know, multiple people moving forward through the rest of this year and then in, into our future. Uh, I still have, you know, high hopes for that kid. I think he has ability. I, I think he got it in his own way um, as his numbers started to spiral downward this year um his recent starts his left-handed bats have been a lot better i think that he feels more comfortable i think he's keeping the ball in the zone better right last night we saw right-handed particularly early in the game he was having trouble losing his balance you know taking some funny swings especially at off-speed pitches but he did find a way to hit that curveball to the right field corner in his last at bat last night so uh i got him in there again today um hitting left-handed off martinez and and hopefully the progress continues paul uh,
3: TK used to have a X amount of at-bats for a young player before he even wanted to put put judgment on a player um, with what we just talked about with Polanco, do you have any feel for what <clears throat> you feel is a amount of time that a player kind of gets the pace of an entire season instead of a couple months and you know the grinding the the total feel going in where you don't have to remind him anymore that a season, Starts in April and ends in September. It
1: Well, I, I think it will vary a little from player to player. I think we're still kind of finding that out for some of our guys, Polanco included. But even guys like Kepler last year who were, you know, I thought fairly significantly affected by playing an extra month. That they just, you know, somehow they they start to question the fact that they've ever played that many games. And there's the physical toll that the game takes over six months, which is different than the minor league season. But also mentally staying staying strong and be able to grind your way through. I don't know if there's an exact number. TK used to talk about 1,000, 1,500 bats, sometimes even more than that. and. And I don't think players know who they're going to be yet. You know, in, in Polanco's case, you know, he's a lot stronger than he was a couple of years ago. We started to fill out, but I still think there's more strength to be gained there. And, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that we're monitoring. We have to make decisions going forward. But I, I'd like to see him get a chance to play a fair amount here as we go down, go down the stretch because I, I think he's someone that we want to consider for our future.
3: Can you recall from your own experience how long it took you, you know, the first time you're going through a major league season? compared to your last few years when you understood it all
1: well it's it's not to you know talk about myself to, to, at any great length but i do know my first year uh never had having played that many games i i suffered and struggled tremendously into september and you know the more the numbers you know you have a pretty good year going and then now the next thing you know you're dropping 10 points every week and it, you're look, you know, you can't help but notice what's going on sure. and you, you start to fight the mental battle. But I, I think even after the first year, I was a little bit more prepared the second year and certainly more than that the following year.
2: We'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment on your home for Twins Baseball. It's the Paul Molitor Show. Jack Morris is here. Paul Molitor is here. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. We're talking about the uh, the Twins. Kind uh, of been a bit of a lethargic stretch offensively. And they started on that road trip, not a lot of late runs. And now Sano's out of the lineup uh, one guy we were talking about, we're still, Jack and I both, when Byron is in the batter's box, we, we can't look away. We, he's been a little quicker to the ball since he, he tweaked some things and just seems to be aggressively situated in the batter's box. And then when he reaches, he's been aggressive on the base pads. Are you seeing that? And then on the on the same token, what he does defensively in terms of affecting everybody else on the field defensively, I guess I'm I'm not yet numb to the fact that he catches balls Easily, that just other guys can't catch. Well, I,
1: I think we all know that the the offensive struggles have been something that we've tried to monitor. You gauge, you know, how much failure a guy can handle and still be an effective player in your lineup, especially with his case on the defensive side. But our team has a different feel when he's when he's out there uh, patrolling center field. I think it does have an effect on everybody else. You know, maybe not too coincidentally when he was out is kind of when we hit our downward spiral there a little bit on the road trip. But um, I think he's feeling better about his game offensively. I do think his at-bats are way more consistent as far as an opportunity to hit a ball squarely and and put it in play and have a chance to use some of his other skill set, particularly his speed. Uh, You know, the changes take a while. When you, you know, make some major changes in your swing and your stance, it, it takes a while to get comfortable with that. But I think we're all encouraged by the trend that he has shown here uh,
3: before the injury and and since he's returned. Paul, a relatively short amount of time, when you think about a lifetime uh, of your managerial experience, and yet you've uh, been a player for many years and seen a lot of things in the game. You rent a player for a week, Jaime Garcia. You get a win, and he's gone. Uh, How does that affect you? I mean, do you just have to shake your head and say, well, that's part of the game?
1: I, I kind of... Trend toward being in that mind frame about it. I, I think we all, you know, are we're, you know, trying to be hopeful about what we might be able to do in the last 50, 60 games of a year. And we had a guy like that who can, you know, prompt your club up. You get a veteran starter who has a good idea of how to go out there and be effective every time he takes the ball. But I also know that from a front office perspective, you're trying to gauge. Um, You know, daily, weekly, of where your club at is at and what their chances are, and and they have tough decisions to make. It's uh, it was disappointing for our players that that turnaround happened so quickly. But uh, like I told them, I you know, anytime changes are made to your club, I, I think. Your proper way to go about it is not to look externally, it's to look internally. You know, what did I do to contribute to what's going on with our club? And, and you take it upon yourself, and you can't be pointing fingers in other directions. It's, it's more of an accountable situation for each and every one of us in that clubhouse.
2: Is your team, and there's still a lot of younger guys figuring themselves out in that clubhouse, are they capable of doing that how do you feel they've they've handled that we saw a few games where maybe they looked a little flat then we see a game the other night where you're getting hits up and down the lineup from all sorts of uh of members of the club Uh, where do you think they are
1: well i think it you know the the games each one you got to go out and play and sometimes the momentum early in a game can affect how much energy your club brings it shouldn't be that way but that's just reality uh you know i i think that you know you don't want to you get into a a habit of feeling, you know, self-pity or sorry for your team or, man, I can't believe that we lost this guy or that guy, it's it just its going to come back to bite you. You've got to find a way with, with your teammates and your other people that are part of your squad to go out there and compete every day, regardless of what people decide to do with your roster.
2: The other thing that can affect energy early in a game is obviously your starting pitcher. And uh, we saw Jose Barrios do that in a very positive way his last time out. Uh, in San Diego, he had a lot of different things working. The, the command was there. The breaking ball was there. Uh, what what do you look for with him early in a game against uh, a team like the Rangers here tonight? He's seen him for three yeah. days, so he kind of knows yeah. what they're all about. What are you looking for early to find out whether Jose is locked into
1: Well, you know, first of all, the momentum early in the game. It's one of those things where good teams don't get... Uh, you know, you, you don't get too ruffled when you fall behind early. You find a way and realize you got a lot of game left to play. Last night, Gibby Me threw a pitch that got hit over the fence in the first inning, and we had plenty of opportunities to find our way back in that game. It didn't happen. In Jose's case, obviously one of his better starts out in San Diego. I, I think in watching a team, you get an idea of your know, best chance to get people out. They, these guys are dangerous. They got a lot of home runs. They, you know, they they're not timid with their swings. They kind of air it out. And you can use that to your advantage if you execute your pitches. So, you know, I hope he builds upon a start last time out and, and we can go out and find a way to salvage a split in this series and, and, and win the season series.
3: Brandon, <clears throat> Brandon Kinsler no longer the back end of your uh, bullpen. And uh, certainly with a couple complete games this last week, you haven't had yeah. really uh, uh, too much of a chance to uh, manipulate your bullpen. No. But uh, have you had more thoughts now that – it's been a week since he's been gone. Uh, what you want to do down there?
1: Well, there are, there are some options that we have, and I don't feel that we can have one guy we can assign that role in particular. Uh, Matty Belial's had a really nice run for us, and I would be open to using him at the end of the game if the matchups and his freshness were uh, in a position where I felt comfortable. Um, you know, Taylor Rogers hadn't pitched for about five days, and I thought last night was a good chance for him to get back on the bump and... And try to keep that game close there, heading into the uh, ninth, bottom of the ninth inning. But I, I would think a combination of those two guys um, trying to put guys in roles that may be a little bit more intense than some of the things they faced, including guys like, you know, Hildenberger and you know, Presley's had a couple of good outings in a row, so. I, I, it's just one of those things, Jack. I'm going to have to try to get in those situations and, and pick the right people, and hopefully we can close out games when we have a chance to to put a save up on the board as well as a win.
2: Let's take our last break. We'll come back, finish up with Paul Molitor on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. Uh, Paul Molitor here in studio, Twins Anglin with the Rangers today. It's Barrios versus Nick Martinez, as we talked about earlier uh, Miguel Sano going to be game-time decision, kind of figure out mm-hmm. uh, how available he is. We talked a lot last week about it was Hall of Fame weekend, and you weren't able to be out in Cooperstown, but you just dropped on us said, what is it, the Burlington, or the Bees? <laughs> the Bees. The, you 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 were a blip in the minor leagues. You are only there for like two months, but this is reunion week for you guys?
1: Yeah, you know, the, uh, the Cooperstown, you know, watching some of the clips of that weekend, it looked like it was a you know not surprisingly a phenomenal weekend uh, you know some of the players that went in and uh, in addition to the uh the other awards including bud Seelig, uh, it was it was it was pretty special i had a chance to talk with bud and uh you know that's always a one of the more more enjoyable summer weekends to kind of commemorate the history of our game but yeah i played in burlington in 1977 uh after i signed and down there in the midwest league and we went on to win that championship and they had a 40 40 year reunion uh the other night i'll have to say and and uh no offense, uh, but I got pictures from the guys, and I didn't know some of who they were. I just, <laughs> I had to bring out the old roster and try to match up some faces. But uh, Any of
2: your future uh, Brew Crew teammates on that club, big leaguers on that team?
1: You know, the, the one story that's, that's kind of funny is that we had a guy from Wisconsin by the name of Willie Mueller. And Willie got a cup of coffee in the big leagues with the Brewers. Uh, more famously noted for being the closer for the Yankees in the movie Major League. That was, he got a couple, of, a couple of movie gigs out of the deal. So when that thing comes on and you see that Yankee closer, that's a former Burlington B teammate of mine.
2: There you have it. That's, that's pretty good.
3: I'm jealous. Our, our Montgomery Rebels won the Southern League, and we've never had a reunion. No so reunion for the Montgomery no, Rebels? Never.
2: Oh, man, you're going to have to do something about that. Maybe you're, maybe you're supposed to organize. <laughs> you know what? I, I know.
3: haven't made a class reunion yet, so <laughs> uh, it's probably okay.
2: Yeah, that's, that's what you're going to do. Uh, it, it's funny because, when you think about it all the different things that you've done you know those things still stick out right i mean the the, the what what happened in 1977 in, in burlington another thing in this series have you had a chance to talk to adrian beltray welcome him as the 31st member of the club and find out how long he's going to play if he's going to catch uh, catch you on that uh, hit list
1: he's got a shot at that you know i'm not sure what his motivation is uh, as far as length and how long he wants to play uh but i think You know, all fans across the game, Twins fans included. You watch a guy like Beltre and 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 just the enjoyment he has each and every day he puts a uniform on you know he's going about it the right way and uh you know he's going to be a hall of famer and uh you know it's just been a remarkable career that I had a few chats with him along the way most notably when he went to the Mariners coming over from the Dodgers uh but I did get a chance to shake his hand the other day and uh congratulate him you know got a big smile and a big hug and um, you know, he's out there playing, you know, he's he's still a dangerous guy when he's in that box. He's had a couple of big hits in the series already. And uh, he looks like he's good to go. You know, that's a tough position to play when you get older, because, you know, it, it's a reaction position. And uh, he seems to be handling that well, still a gold glove type defender as well.
2: Awesome uh, for a chance, and let's just keep him stuck at whatever hit total he's at today and send him on his way. He can get more hits when he gets to New York. Paul, pleasure as always, and we'll let you go call Willie Mueller. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Follow up and see what his next movie is. There you go. Find out what he's going to be working on out in Hollywood. For Jack Morris and Paul Molitor, I'm Chris Atterbury. This has been another edition of the Paul Molitor Show. Join us every Sunday. We've got Inside Twins later today, then the Twins and the Rangers on your home for Twins Baseball.